0: Tucker Carlson gave a speech in Canada that was totally unhinged from typical Canadian restraints to shake Canadians awake to the abusive policies of our leaders. The left in the media responded by proving every claim he made correct. We couldn't get Tucker on with us today, but Mike and I are going to break down his groundbreaking speech. Welcome to the other club.
1: I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We <laughs> have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory in spite of all terror. Hey, everybody. This show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with ChristianWeek.org. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. ChristianWeek.org exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. Timothy and I are both uh, involved in those organizations, and we thank you for your support of our podcasting work. If you'd like to support financially, head over to LibertyCoalitionCanada.com backslash donate and click the analysis box and donations there go directly to Christian week. And if you want to help support our legal and advocacy work, head over to Liberty coalition, Canada.org backslash donate and click other designations. Of course, that uh, funds our Liberty defense fund. It fills it up so that um, our chief litigator, James kitchen can be doing great work uh, defending Canadians and this podcast, as I am a pastor in Kentucky now, this is also a ministry of Royal Spring Chapel. And so uh, we are just pleased, Tim and I, to be together and to be talking about these important things. Tim, why don't you introduce these fine folk to Bill Bull Bill Bitcoin?
0: Well, Bull Bitcoin has been a great sponsor and partner with the shows. Our federal government's response to economic difficulties has been, and as Tucker mentioned, To print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything, essentially stealing from your hard-earned pay. What you need is to take control of your own resources and to be responsible for your own money, which is your responsibility. Bull Bitcoin is here to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country and around the world, you should seriously consider connecting with our friends at Bull Bitcoin and buying at least some Bitcoin today. We are not financial advisors, by the way. This is a wonderful sponsor, and it uh, has been a helpful exchange for us. No, you ha- you'd actually do have to say that. I don't know if we have before, but we are not financial advisors. Uh, but we do recommend Bill- Bull Bitcoin as a, a great resource. So sign up at missionbullbitcoincom lcc. And have all your questions answered. That is mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Mike, I think you have an ad too that you uh, wanted to get out there again for a second week.
1: Yeah, we basically have two or three more weeks to get this covered. But folks, we have puppies for sale. So just email info at com, And somebody from the organization is going to email me and say, why in the world are people talking to me about puppies but we have 9 beautiful golden doodles for sale they keep growing everybody in our church comes over and plays with them and if you want to visit the ark encounter and come and pick up a puppy from anywhere in north america we'd love to have you take away one of our little dogs from our These are li- Erebus dogs so yeah
0: These are these are liberty puppies
1: they're, I will add They're liberty puppies and we want, you, liberty I want you to to buy them So look everybody um, I want to start off by uh, talking about how Tim and I came across the story of Tucker Carlson Edmonton, so it's really interesting, Tim, because I started following this story in, in the same way that normally happens. Right? Someone says, "Did you hear that Tucker's going to Edmonton? I wonder what he's going to say." Yeah. And then everybody started, you know, getting excited about it. I didn't really listen to the speech until very recently, and here's kind of how I tracked along. All I heard was Tucker Carlson's coming to Edmonton. And then the headlines coming across my Twitter feed uh, feed from the, uh, from the uh, Canadian news outlets were, you know, um, the Alberta premier Daniel Smith is taking great heat For going to Tucker. And so all of a sudden it was just, and then just even recently, just yesterday, you know, Daniel Smith's visit to Ottawa just um, uh, completely uh, uh, shadowed by her, overshadowed by her, uh, her trans uh, anti-trans policy, which again, trans Mm. people don't exist. They're just cross-dressing men or women and uh, we've created an
0: entire fictional category for them but the point is mike let's let's only commit one felony at a time just take it easy okay Okay,
1: well again i i live in the united states and uh, follow these things in canada touche carry on so all that to say tim the the only two things i heard was tucker showed up and the whole of canadian politics is exploding and And I know that you and I said, okay, we're going to talk about this. Um, let's go through it and try to help people understand it.
0: Yeah. So Tucker started his speech um, by highlighting some of his Canadian roots. So his family used to own a house in Nova Scotia. Uh, he says, I've spent my life my life here and I love it. That's why I'm here. I mean that. If you actually watch Tucker, you'll see he has a touch of um, – He has a touch of humanity that you just don't see in a lot of public figures, the way he really connects with people and listens to them and, and connects with them. And I think that's, that kind of comes through in the speech. Yeah. Uh,
1: It took him him like seven minutes to get going. And I was like, yeah, that's very good. He's, he's having a good time. I'm a little bit annoyed,
0: but like he's personable, right? Yeah, very, very very much so. And so he highlights his, his connection to Canada. He talks about how he's loved it. He's been all over it, East to West. Um, He he highlights how beautiful the country is. And that's something, Mike, that in the last couple of years, I really started talking about. Um, We spent some time coming down and visiting the states. And, of course, I'm working um, nearby you in Kentucky as well, Mike, right now. And just a very different landscape. It has its own beauty, but it really makes you turn around. And as Tucker was doing, recognize how gorgeous Canada is. The pristine blue lakes that we have that are surrounded by trees and the mountains and the, and the lush valleys of um, that are grow, grow, used for growing fruit and grapes and vineyards. And he highlights this and he says, you have one of the most beautiful countries in the world. He actually says it's more beautiful than Switzerland. And it's got 40 million people across this gigantic landmass. So he's, he speaks very highly of the physical composition of Canada. And he launches into his first point from this, Mike. He says – Actually, he's, actually yeah. I'm
1: just going to reorder our points so that we kind of go in order of priority of importance cuz i think his first point um on that point like like his like his first little point, And then, and then we're going to make the, the bigger point that he made was he said, look, I think you could have one of the greatest economies in the world with some of the deepest energy reserves in the world and mineral reserves in the world. Tim, this is something you and I have been saying since we yeah. started this show. I, I jumped up for joy when I listened to that clip, because again, the fact that Canadians have high energy costs, only the decision of the, only the decision of the government. Correct the 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 fact that uh, Canada will uh, sell energy to the United States uh, that 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 they will minimize the oil reserves that they won't dam and uh, and, and utilize the the mass flow of water all, all of these things Canada should have the greatest economy in the world in, in the same way that Saudi Arabia. Uh, in the same way that uh, Qatar and some of these other oil rich nations are actually like able to pay their citizenry, mm-hmm. like Canada should be loaded and it's just being uh, utter- utterly trivialized. So, so the reason why I reordered that, Tim, is because it's on this natural uh, – this uh, the natural resource point that you were making, how he was – he was affecting uh, uh, appreciating the landscape of canada and that that's yeah. just point number one folks remember your economy is what the government is
0: is messing up from what it could be okay right. he talks about mismanagement and then really the theme of his talk as it unfolds is the the uh intentional mismanagement or other people have said managed to decline that, that that's what's at play in canada and he he doesn't exempt the rest of the Anglosphere from that, but really it's mismanagement of resources, it's mismanagement of power and authority, it's mismanagement of influence, um, and that is an important point. Canada is one of the most resource-rich countries in the world. Fresh, We own like some 95% of the world's fresh water supply. We have uh, hardwood and softwood all across this nation. We have some of the most fertile uh, breadbasket farming regions. We have wine. We have fresh fruit. We have oil. There's nothing this country doesn't have. And and as you pointed out, uh, instead of being in a surplus, we are, we have devalued our dollar. We have r- racked up more per capita debt than anywhere else in the world. It's a gong show and it's a travesty. So c- glad you made that point. And he also uses this highlighting of the physical space to make what's an even more significant point and more the theme of his talk where he says you know, he says, if I was in charge here, I would give six acres to every citizen, and I would mandate that you go spend a week out in nature. And he says, you you go out to the mountain, and it's just you and what God made. So Tucker is very unapologetically weaving in an acknowledgement of God, the creator God, not just a God, but the God. He says, get out of your little cube with your stupid food delivery and your weed, which is another shot at Canada, which is... Uh, just the legalization of degeneracy, including weed, he says, when you farm, when you get out there, when you touch dirt, you realize how little control you have. In the end, you can't control the weather. Neither does Justin Trudeau because he's not God. When you realize you're not God, you've hit upon the root of all wisdom. All goodness flows from that realization. If you don't reach that conclusion, in the end, you find yourself very tempted to commit genocide very potent that's a quote from tucker from the speech very early on in the speech that is a potent uh that is grabbing a dog by the ears when when you when you make those kind of connections for people uh you're you're not not being ambiguous about where you fall on the philosophical spectrum and what he's saying is this is where the elites have come to they 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 have failed to acknowledge that they're not god and as a result their policies reflect death totalitarianism depreciation of human property and human value a technocracy that would control your carbon uh it would control every aspect of your lives that would even dictate to you the size of your family it's the policies that only god can set and um so, you know, I'll let you play off that mic, but I've been doing a lot of thinking and reading this week about natural and divine rights. And Tucker just grabs this whole theme. And he even goes so far as to say, you'll be tempted to commit genocide if that is not your conviction that you're not God. All goodness flows from that. And so the opposite is all death flows from when you don't recognize that
1: so tim going back to point 1 where he talks about we should have the greatest economy you, you made a you made a very important observation when you said it's intentional decline or it's intentional mismanagement which leads right. into the second point of which um you, you and i have also been saying this from day 1 of this podcast of course Tucker Carlson is almost quoting scripture. He's almost quoting Proverbs 1, 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise discipline. Mm -hmm. And yet he's not. So let's not, let's, let's be careful. Tucker's not there yet in the same way that Jordan Peterson is not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. But we are there and when i say that yes. i mean we recognize these things and have been saying and and christian you have to listen to what a either someone who is near to the kingdom or or a recent believer or 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 a believer who is newly learning how to articulate himself you have to hear the profound truth in what he's saying and it is very simply that if you acknowledge god the creator then you have an ability to acquire knowledge and and use wisdom, applied knowledge. But if you deny God as creator, everything you do will be acting like God, trying to control so many things you can't control, and at the same time having no effect Other than totalitarian control and killing your enemies. And so, you know, we could get, Tim, we could get into how if you don't believe that God is the author of life and the authority of life, this leads to relativism. Relativism means that I make decisions based upon that are relative to me. Moral relativism means that morals change based upon how I feel. And you can understand how that just so easily, and we've explained this time and time again, how this so easily leads to, well, if it's tethered to me, then I better be getting control. And if I am in control, then I need to squash my enemies rather than an admission of I'm not in control. I can't guarantee outcomes. The only thing I could do is help establish a righteous law so that when I have disagreements with other people who also can't control everything, there's an arbiter between us. And so his point, this is so important, his first point that Canada should be rocking it. And his second point that it's an intentional uh, decision by people who Ignore God as creator and of course that leads him into kind of a a description of Christia Freeland having a having a bomb proof self-confidence uh, because he he's known her in the past um, and it leads him into his third point so so Tim I you know you and I've gone through this speech it seems like he just really hit very hard very quick and his third point is that but everybody just wait a second um you need to understand that you're not just facing um a boot you're not just facing a bullet uh this is uh this is a feminine expression of fascism he actually ex- specifically says this is the christia freeland expression of fascism which is a much more um cunning and uh subversive manipulative fascism in the framework of we're doing this for your safety now in some respects it's not all that different it's, it's just earlier forms of fascism where they say we're doing this for your safety right up until the point that then they just don't care anymore and then they say we're doing this because this is what's best for you um so this moving into a third point like what canadians and what americans you know living here in the united states uh Many Americans feel the same thing. Is that this is a type of of control? This is a type of of communism, fascism. Uh, that hard to put your finger
0: on, isn't it? So he talks about in this section this soft totalitarianism or this feminine totalitarianism, where you're right. It's not jack Boots walking down your main street. It is policies that come from the federal government. And then they filter down through lower magistrates. We talked about this last week, Mike. Um, They filter down through lower magistrates who then administer these policies at the local level. And everyone sort of gathers around and voluntarily submits to it. And if somebody turns around and says, but hey, that violates the charter or that violates my God-given right, then basically everybody turns and swivels and looks at you and says, well, what kind of jerk are you? This is a fascism that relies on public compliance. It relies on public pressure, and it relies on the compliance of people who won't question it. And so Tucker said, when the prime minister, when they attack your rights and they cloak it in the therapy, the language of therapy, self-help, and compassion, he says, what you don't realize while you shuffle off to abandon another God-given right to a totalitarian government is that this isn't really being done for the least among these. And that's why your, your compliance, and he says that our politeness is actually weaponized against us. And we've talked about this as Canadians. We are polite. We are um, uh, we will defer to others. We'll defer to authority. We'll defer to our neighbor and say, well, who would, who would I be to know and who would I be to judge? And so we kind of leave each other alone. But he said that passivity is actually weaponized against you, where your actions and your motivations can be hijacked by what you perceive to be an important cause. That's what happened with the lockdowns. It was like, well, we're going to kill all the old people and the vulnerable if we don't shut down our churches and shut down the the libraries and shut down all of the public services. And when people like us stood up and said, that's wrong, it violates inalienable rights, uh, we were called you know, selfish, and we were called all kinds of names. And, and that's exactly what he's highlighting here in this feminine expression of fascism is that you are giving up what is core to being human. And this, is the, and this is the connection here, that a government that despises its people, a government that has no interest in life, a government that believes itself to be God will have no problem taking from people what was given to them by God. Okay, so th- this is the interference that they run. This is the kind of harm that they will do. They they will confiscate and tax your property. Um, they will lock you out of your accounts, as we looked at with the with the Convoy Emergency Act. Uh, they will deprive you of what is given to you by God: your right to your property, your right to your life, um, and, and that is the, the sure sign of totalitarianism.
1: Let's just update that a little bit, Tim, because I'm tired of hearing you talk about frozen uh, bank accounts, right? Like people are saying, hey, Tim, you and Mike, like just you're you're licking your wounds still. You yeah. know, come on. Who cares? Um, I, I mm-hmm. think that, And you've done a great job of itemizing this and following along with the speech. But Tucker literally goes to start. Identifying all of the current ways that the Canadian standard yeah. of living is in free fall. And it's in a free fall at the exact same moment that the government is bringing in more immigrants per capita than any nation in the world. Yeah. And and Tucker's highlighting this on the point that it's really because uh, you're of what you were just saying, you're, you're the, the government is against you. This this Canadian government are, are doing specific things to undermine Canadians. So yeah. I'll go through three or four and then you go through three or four. So let's just update the list from freezing Canadian bank accounts uh, to uh, 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 appealing uh, the decision that their uh, decisions uh, you know, to enact the emergency measures are um, unlawful. Let's move to uh, the British Columbian uh, government uh, giving fentanyl to children without parental consent um, w- with the knowledge that fentanyl is uh, the number one cause of death for people under 40. Um, there's no safe dose. This is, uh, we're, we're, co- we're covering what Tucker went through in his speech. Um, he talks specifically about how like even in less developed countries, this idea about fentanyl use would be absurd Um, Not only that, but when um, it comes to um, when it comes down to the use of electricity and uh, the the, Tim, we saw the Canadian government giving away free electric, uh, free electric furnaces to replace oil furnaces in one of the coldest winters. Um, Now, that's not that's off notes. That's not out of Tucker's stuff, but he starts going on about all of these different things. Specifically, the government is killing Canadians, not just uh, those who are termini- terminally ill, but an organization that kills 50,000 people is a genocidal organization. And of course, he's talking about the plan to expand
0: MAID. What are, what are some of the other things that you've noted from his speech here? Well, I, I just want to point out that when Tucker Carlson brings up the MAID program, He's proving how little he cares what people think of his opinion. Because even a lot of conservatives in Canada, even a lot of Christians would have a hard time really criticizing MAID as it's been presented to us, which is a uh, euthanasia is is a translation, uh, roughly translated means a good death. So it's this idea that we're going to have compassion on people who are about to die and they're terminally on their way to death. And we're just going to facilitate that in a way that we relieve suffering. A lot of Christians would have a hard time arguing against that without sort of a broader philosophical worldview structure. And Tucker goes at that and notes that the Canadian state, the Canadian government has paid for the deaths through our state doctors. For 50,000 Canadians. Euthanasia, for the record, for our listeners, is not legal in the United States of America. There is no legal euthanasia program in the United States of America. Tucker marches up to Canada and says, your MAID program is a genocidal program funded by your state. He says, he said, this is a bottom line. This is not an ideological claim. When you sit down, you look at the bottom line of a chart and you ask somebody, hey, how many people have you killed? 50,000. Oh, I'm sorry that makes you genocidal so when when you have somebody like tucker come up and put these things in stark relief for us when he states things in a in a, a matter of fact relative terms where you can actually see from some an outsider's expect uh, perspective and he says uh when he comes up he says you know i understand if you're in the middle of it it's hard to see it so tucker comes in self-consciously as a foreigner to say I don't know if you've noticed, but your government is genocidal. I don't know if you notice noticed this, but your government is handing out fentanyl to children. And his point, as you pointed out, Mike, that there's no safe dose. He's saying there, this, is not a, this is not like aspirin. There, there is no safe dose of this product. It is a poison. So how would you define a government that says we're going to hand out fentanyl to minors without parents' permission? How would you define that? Other than genocide, other than murder, other other than a war on the vulnerable, being the young, being the drug addicted, whatever it is. He's saying, I'm going to define this for you because you guys don't seem to be able to define it for yourselves because it's cloaked in the language of compassion. Oh, these people are addicted. They need safe supply. He points out there is no safe supply of fentanyl. So you need to detach from the rhetoric of your government. You need to detach from that and see it. As it is, and the point about Burkina Faso, he says, in third world countries, this stuff just seems to be more obvious, he says, where they haven't been socialized to the point where they lose their soul. He said, there are parts of Burkina Faso without electricity that understand that your primal duty on this earth is to protect your children. And he says, if you can't do that, then you're a hollow husk of a person. And so I think there's an aspect to this speech, Mike, where he is literally just trying to dis- enchant canadians and it reminds me of um prince rillian in the silver chair when he's under the spell of the underground witch and then they come and uh, puddle glom is talking about narnia and he's reminding them of all of the goodness that is happening above the surface and uh and and is basically like remembering, and the queen comes back in, and she throws a packet into the fireplace, and it starts to waft this beautiful, sweet-smelling aroma, and Jill and Eustace, and they all start going a little bit hazy and dizzy, because the queen is trying to maintain control of their minds, and when there's a force that comes in that is interrupting that, there's a fear on the part of the captor to kind of re-enchant everybody and maintain control, and I think Tucker's presence in Canada was really serving that role of like a, a sort of a hand grenade down the tunnel to kind of wake us up. It's sort of that shot of adrenaline. Um, and And I just think going after maid was a real sign of courage because even among conservatives, I think it is an approved doctrine. But when you put it in terms like that, you're not in the good guy category. We're going to bring you up at The Hague, which is the international Court of the, in Holland there this i think really puts things in context and uh we and that's why we appreciate him coming and that's why he deserves the airtime that he's getting
1: it's interesting you know tim as as you were going through some of those points and and um we're we're pausing everybody to make sure that we're hearing this point so this now brings us to another thing that canadians really accept and tim you and i've been talking about this is is the immigration policy you know we've we've got a we've got an immigration policy that's very friendly to um, islamic nations all around the world we have an immigration policy that is wholesale um Importa- importing, millions of people. So, so what Tucker says here, he, on this issue, he says, if you have an immigration policy that makes your country stronger, economy, stronger country, more cohesive, great. Amen. That's not what you have. Now you have the wholesale importation of millions of people for no obvious benefit at exactly the time when your housing prices are out of control. Can your children afford a home? Question mark. So you have to ask, why is the government doing this? And um, Tim, I think that it's really important that we continue to help our listeners understand that the main point is political power. That like, like, what is happening to Canada is happening specifically because politicians are Choosing to put these conditions upon Canadians, Tucker goes to, on to say, "The answer is political power. If you don't like the way your citizens vote, you bring in new ones." And Tim, it's it, it, it's so helpful to have another person saying this type of stuff out loud. But that's exactly what's going on in the United States right now, where, where, where Joe Biden's open border policy is now. We're going to be talking about that next week. Hey, everybody, just so you know, we're going to be talking about the Texas border next week. Um, you know, the, the trucker convoy going to the Texas border. Um, but this this is what politicians seem to be doing all around the world. And we've commented on this. We've got Germany. We've got France. We've got England who are overrun with immigrants. Because of the policies of their um, of, of their ruling class, and so what Tucker is observing here just cannot be overstated when it comes to the example of fentanyl, when it comes to the example of british columbia and some of and, and the legal use of cocaine, when it comes to the expansion of maid, when it comes to the over immigration and the immigration of uh, strategic uh, from strategic countries that would not share the historic worldview of Canada. Justin Trudeau and Christia Freeland are doing that so that there are new voters. And great, that's going to be wonderful for their lifetime. Maybe like that's that's likely their plan is for their lifetime to enjoy power for the rest of their lifetime. But it is going to change the landscape of Canada. And the United States, if it is allowed uh, with, 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 with crazy ramifications.
0: I, I just want to I want to highlight a point that Tucker uh, makes about this immigration policy. He says, is there an economic case to be made for it? Maybe I haven't heard it, but maybe there is one. Or maybe a central planner has determined this is going to make us all happier and more prosperous. And here's the point. He said, but they don't even attempt to convince you. That's what he's pointing out. They're not even trying to make a case. He says they just shout slogans in your face. And if you ask questions, they call you a racist. Okay. So what Tucker is doing here is he is lurking dangerously close to the questions that the status quo cannot handle because there are theories that he's bringing up about immigration and about drug use and the MAID program. That have a high probability of being true as by the points that he's laid out sort of in a rhetorical uh, procedure so that you can see the connections between the ideas and the consequences these are theories that have a high probability of being true and those with whom the burden of proof lies are saying they're not even trying to attempt a persuasive rebuttal they're not trying to correct you you are just shouted at as a conspiracy theorist you're, you're told that you have dangerous ideas. You are told that you are out of line, that you're, you, you, you deserve no airtime to speak about these things, that you're dangerous, angry, and, and you're you know, white. You've got white privilege, and, and that's all they offer. They don't offer the case for any of these policies. And he says, here's my point. You're taking it because no one is saying anything. I'm warning you that if these policies were made by mistake by people who love you, they would be brought back on course by their love for you. But there is zero evidence that the Trudeau government loves you, and there's overwhelming evidence that they hate you. And so all these claims that he's making, it's hilarious because the media then reacts the next day and proves every single one of his claims true and this is sort of my favorite part of this whole coverage Mike.
1: yeah and and Tim you've done such a great job in outlining this uh in outlining this this program and one of the things i what we did cut and paste from the very start was that at the very beginning of his speech Tucker Carlson of course made a number of potshots um is potshot uh like they're not cheap shots. They were just just like just good right-left punches uh, at the mainstream jabs. Canadian yeah. media. And so yeah, it made some really good jabs. And he started off with talking about how he called CBC and said, I'll a- ask me about anything you want, and I dare you to put it on TV. And so 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 like the whole thing started with him calling CBC. Now just think about that. Like, just think about if you're a reporter. Yeah, right. Uh, we've got a little podcast, you know, praise the Lord. People listen. Um, not many people. Tucker Carlson calls you. There's not There's not a journalist alive, independent or paid by, uh, by the government that at very least objectively could not say an interview with Tucker Carlson would get me readers. Yeah, Like the CBC could not, there's nothing in the CBC editorial board, there's nothing in the editorial room that would say, if if the CBC sat down with Tucker Carlson and we just asked him all of the ridiculous left questions we always did, if we just twist it and and we do it, there's no reporter alive that could say that's not going to be newsworthy.
0: It would break their website, Mike. It would, it would break their website if they put up an interview with Tucker Carlson. And there's almost no question about that.
1: Even going from just like the slime ball niche that they normally are, if they were to put a credible interview with Tucker Carlson, it would have people who don't even like CBC couldn't help, but share that on social media because they want people to see it. So you know that they are so. And again, he got a big, he got a big no. He actually said, you know, they called him uh, a Nazi, and then were politely apologetic. They, uh, they the, the, the guy, they're polite about it. Yeah, said so the guy, the guy who said, you know, uh, you know, said, yeah, we'll get back to you. Never did, and, and was very polite about it. So, Tim, he, I do love how he started off knowing not only the Canadian landscape as far as the actual geography the actual political mm-hmm. climate. But now he mm-hmm. foresaw exactly how the media would react to him. And of course, I want to hand things back to you because you've <laughs> taken some really great notes from our uh, our wonderful state media to show how yeah. they reported. Just let me react
0: at some point. That's all I ask. Uh, well, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to stop you, Mike. Uh, so, So he goes it's, it's so rich. I almost, I, it's like treading on very solemn ground here where I don't think I can do justice to how poetic the response was. I think I read somewhere that there were no fewer than four federal liberal cabinet ministers who on the day of his speech came out and condemned him and urged people not to listen and urged him, you know, to, to cancel the, the concert and, Four federal cabinet ministers, people, for a for a cable news guy doing a speech in front of 8,000 people in Edmonton, which is really cold in January. So, number one, the federal reaction was just hilariously frantic. Uh, we had Max Fawcett, who wrote for the National Observer, an article entitled Daniel Smith, who's the prem, uh, premier of Alberta, her dangerous dance with Tucker, Tucker Carlson. dangerous they met in a dark hall it was dark in there have you ever been to a public speaking event where the lights on the stage are bright and dim in the audience okay he says if alberta premier daniel smith wants to participate in a white grievance festival with people like conrad black rex murphy brett wilson and jordan peterson well she has that right but just because you can do something doesn't mean you should though carlson has made a career out of trading in dangerous and deranged conspiracies whether it's the quote great replacement theory not surprisingly the audience at his two events were overwhelmingly white you it's like they were paid by carlson to prove his point that if you're going to ask these questions if you're going to think in these ways it's because you're a racist it's because you're a white racist and then the reporters come out and say hey you tucker fans you're white racists and it's like, yeah, we knew you were going to say that. And then former Environment Minister Shannon Phillips, he quotes as saying, this is beneath the dignity of the office. And what I want to point out about these things, and I'll let you react, Mike, is that the downgrade of our culture, which which Tucker masterfully illustrated, okay, between the death culture that we have, the expansion of the death culture, the access to free drugs, the legalization of drug use, the unaffordable... Uh, housing costs, the mass immigration of people who don't have anything to do with Canadian culture and who have no desire to uphold it, that decline and those who aid in that decline, who manage that decline, they're protected in their dirty deeds by this very cornerstone, that it's unbecoming of a Canadian to oppose or question the dogmas of the post-national agenda. That's it. It's beneath the dignity of the office, Daniel Smith, to trade in these ideas. Well, what if I don't care about what you consider is dignified? I don't find killing people because they're depressed. I don't find that a dignified thing. Okay, so when Tucker Challenge is made, I don't care if it's undignified. And that the whole thing is in Canadians, we trade in these made-up ideals of dignity. Well, it's 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 undignified to have friends like this. And that's exactly what he said they would do. They shame, they throw names at you, they attack you, but they cannot deal with the ideas that you present. And it only evidences how distorted and warped our public discourse has become. Kate, your turn. (laughs) I'm just so fired up. No, and I am just
1: so, like, there's just, Okay. Ready? Let me just, let me, let's, let's lead by example. So first of all, my name is Michael Teeson. That's Timothy Tyso. We are both Christian pastors uh, in, in the sense that I am a pastor and uh, Tim has had uh, pastoral training and, and pastoral experience in the past. Uh, we both love Christian worldview. Uh, we can read, uh, we can see, and um, we present the news from a conservative Presuppositional, theonomic, uh, Christ Lordship perspective. Okay, the reason why I say that is I want to be very careful that we don't accuse other people of what we do. But let's just say that our goal was to go. Actually, let's just say that our goal was to to create a show that defended and celebrated Tucker Carlson's uh, appearance which by the way, we just did. Okay. What have we done? Well, we've quoted him. What have we done? We've given, we've given context to what he's saying based on observation. Do you know what we didn't do? We didn't ask for any politician to tell us what they think about the situation. Specifically, we didn't go out and ask Shannon Phillips what she thought of it. Oh, Shannon Phillips, the former environment minister. Why don't you at least report honestly and say Shannon Phillips, an NDP, former caucus member, his political or, uh, 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 her her, Daniel Smith's political rival. So the shamelessness of the lies, like the, like, again, there's no, there's no quote from Tucker that actually reports what he said. And then analyzes it, um, it. It makes a general reference to great replacement theory. OK? Well, if you don't know what that is, then you'll go, "Oh, that sounds outlandish." But then if you just go, um, "We've got a number of people who want to replace Christian worldview." With uh, worldviews from all around the world to create a post national identity in Canada, which Justin Trudeau spoken honestly. That's what he means about great replacement theory. You go, oh, I can see that. So there's no explanation. So yeah. again,
0: and that's what he claimed in his speech. He said, he said, they give no explanation. So he said, they just trade in dangerous conspiracy theories. He just laid out the stats for us. We're the highest immigration per capita in the world with no clear economic. Or social benefit it hasn't been explained he said maybe there's an explanation but i haven't heard it so when i say that's what's going on and then you say that's a dangerous conspiracy theory conspiracy theory called the great replacement theory you go fine maybe it is can you correct me But they don't bother and just to be very clear this would never this i would
1: not have been able to get a passing grade uh if i were in grade 12 english and i were to submit an um an article as if i was a journalist about this when i was in grade 12 you could not get a passing grade writing that level of drivel um again participate in a white grievance festival you you participate in grievance in smudging ceremonies all the time. You've got no problem throwing up 150 years ago history and theory about history in our face whenever it is politically advantageous for you. Sure. And again, did Tucker make any comments about whiteness other than if you say anything, they'll say that you're going to a white grievance festival? So hey,
0: Max. Uh, You're a git, and you should do better. Come on the show, though. We'll have you on, and we can discuss this at full length. Uh, But I don't want to throw just Max Fawcett under the bus because we have Alex Boyd. Uh, She's a female. I don't know if that matters or not, but I just want to be clear. The name Alex could go either way. You should have put her pronouns in the outline. Yeah. So she says, quote, much of what Carlson said Wednesday, a more mainstream Canadian audience would find repugnant. So, again, there's it's just this social play where it's like no, no, if you were at the Tucker thing. I, I, yeah. I
1: messed – just so everybody knows, Tim grabbed so many perfect quotes from Tucker's speech, and I botched many of them reading them. Uh, just finish the whole quote so that we yeah, sure. get the
0: richness of this. What mainstream Canadian audience would find repugnant from railing against trans people – I watched the speech. I didn't see much railing to claims that Canadians are being replaced and politically disenfranchised by an influx of immigration. This idea, commonly referred to as the great replacement theory, is one of his common American talking points that he is now applying to Canada. And again, so again, he admits that it's going on in America too. But there's just this game that they play that it's like, well, that's an American talking point. But as he pointed out, and I don't see anybody correcting the stats, Canada has the highest immigration per capita in the world. So when you say replacement and political disenfranchisement of native born Canadians, what else is that? Then, other than that happening in real time, really being tracked by the government and it's available to us. But this is supposed to be a criticism of his talk. Okay. Because okay. mainstream Canadians find this repugnant. Mainstream, sorry, if that's what mainstream Canadians think, then mainstream Canadians need. A solid sit down, straight talk to the head, because it's it's insane to not be concerned about this idea. Report on the man's words.
1: It it it, would mainstream Canadians find what he said repugnant? We wouldn't know from your article because you're not using any of his words. Number two on this whole point. um, It's interesting. You know how Tucker in the talk says. It's very often that they use your strengths against you. So one of the things that Canadians feel that they are is polite. I just think Canadians are liars. I don't think they're overly polite. I live in Kentucky and they're just as nice here. Um, and that's being used against – so your your ability to constantly lie and save face is being used against you. Yes, it is. And then – but it's interesting here. He does the exact same thing. What, what's a, What's a major – what is a major – identity point for canadians tim i am not american
0: american yes
1: and i've mentioned this a hundred times so he takes the weakness or he takes the strength however you want to view it if you canadian are walking around like an arrogant person saying well at least i'm not american okay or you go well hey i have traveled to the u.s and i do know that they don't know very much about world geography i'm not american i get it okay they take and uses it against you it's his common American, which is the assumption that it, well, it's bad. Like America, one of the greatest constitutions ever written on the earth, one of the uh, most powerful nations in the world, uh, the, one of the uh, longest standing free nations. Oh, yeah, that place. Oh, it's terrible. And again, it's just to the, to the reader who is not going, oh, that's just a clear little that's just playing to my hand. If you're not seeing that, you just you don't see how empty the entire paragraph is. It's empty. It is literally the emperor has no clothes. It's the Canadian emperor has no clothes while he's looking at the American emperor saying you're you don't have any clothes.
0: Uh, Alex Boyd doubles down on this later when she says Canadians may think that we are immune to uh, to American polarization. But belief in misinformation is on the rise across the country, helping to shape a new kind of political identity. Okay. And so again, it's like American polarization. We, a Canadian's greatest identity is that I'm not politically divided like the Americas are. So it doesn't matter how far the, the government drags our country into a deadly, evil, disgusting cultural mess. As long as you go along with them and you're not being divisive or polarizing, then you're good. Who gives a rip whether you uh, support euthanizing an eight-year-old boy who thinks he's a girl? Who cares? Right? Because politicization is the great crime. It's the great evil in Canada. And we pride ourselves on being united. And so – and that the left here – just deploys all the tools that Tucker predicts that they will. Listen to this, uh, another quote from Alex Boyd. Before his conversation with Smith, Carlson appeared online with Jordan Peterson Brett will- and Brett Wilson, the two twin angels of right-wing internet rage in Canada. Again, rage? Have you listened to Jordan Peterson? Where, it's it's rage. If you disagree with the left, it's rage. She said the men worked their way through a laundry list of online talking points. What I want to point out here is the way she employs this idea – oh, sorry, the common touch points mined from a vein of anger found largely online. Meaning what Alex Boyd is saying, if your points of concern don't they, – they don't represent reality or anybody found in respectable real spaces, you're online and therefore you're illegitimate. This is some of the most divisive and subversive language that could be used against people who disagree with the left. This is a type you're of online rage factor. This is a
1: type of stuff that could actually get you in jail if it was true. When you say things word right. words like deranged, a deranged lunatic drives a van downtown Toronto and runs over people ra- randomly, like the this language is appalling. So just so you know, I finally looked uh-huh. up the word git and it just means someone someone who someone who de- deserves contempt. And so just want to be fair, fair here and say uh Alex uh you're a git too. And um now look at I'm going to I'm going to bring this around from our anger because in truth we have listeners who sometimes say okay guys you you do get angry about stuff. You really? you do get you do
0: get frustrated. What do we do about it? I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, "If you have no anger, then you have no love." You have that's no true. You are on a big Lewis.
1: You are on a big Lewis craze right now. I am so proud of you for finally Correct. reading the Narnia series. And um, I just want to say that we have been talking about Christia Freeland, and she really reminds me of Dolores Umbridge um, from another fictional fantasy uh, series, where she's like the raging teacher who always pretends to just be very passive. And uh, for those uh, who have read the Harry Potter series, you'll know what I'm talking about. And again, you can lead your conclusions, Tim, uh, is just reading Narnia after I've read them a hundred times. And uh, I may or may not appreciate the Harry Potter series to learn about totalitarianism. Either way, go ahead and make your decision about Mr. Thick or make your decision about The King of Nuance tim in in this i want to i want to move from outright saying to these journalists look the the reason why you deserve contempt is because you're so obviously lying and you are so obviously misrepresenting the truth and you are doing that from a place where you continue to veil yourself in pretend objectivity where you're actually saying i'm reporting on the news not writing an opinion piece and you've you know Max and Alex, you, you deserve contempt for that. Now, where, where do we now go from here, Tim? And I would like to make two suggestions very quickly. Number one, to our listeners and to those people who might have received this link and are, and, or who may have read uh, or listened to Tucker Carlson. My first point is hear him clearly. Tim and I want to agree with Tucker very clearly. That the current Canadian government is undermining uh, Christian culture is undermining the Canadian economy is undermining um, anyone from uh, from any background who would who would uh, reject their their perverse sexual ideology, and they are doing that with the force of the law. With the money of your taxes, and with the arrogance of 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 people who believe themselves to be God,
0: yeah, because it's not it is not accidental or incompetent mismanagement; it is intentional. Yes, we're just very clear about that.
1: And. That's why Tim and I wanted to go through this. You know, this has actually gone through the news cycle. You know, it's, it's come and gone. Everyone's already forgotten about it because of other things that the premier of Alberta is doing. But you can't not see that. I don't know what you're going to do about it. Um, I, I decided to move to Kentucky and continue to send this signal literally across enemy lines, which we will continue to do. And, um, we, we want you to be aware of the situation. You may be creating a beachhead and you might be creating a place like in Alberta where they're trying to say, you know, Canadians come and we're going to do things differently in this province. That is wonderful. But what you cannot do is not see it. And that's why we wanted to spend the time walking through this. The other thing I wanted to say, Tim, and I, you, you may have some points of application too, is, okay, how do we go from name calling, which I just, Did very gently, to ministry of some sort. And my answer to that is, pray for your enemies. Pray regularly for your enemies that either the Lord will completely defeat them or that he will save them. So I will go and pray for Max Fawcett and for Alex Boyd And we will pray for them. We will pray for Christia Freeland. We will pray for Justin Trudeau. This is actually a very serious command in Scripture that we need to take to heart because God can do immeasurably more than anything that we can imagine. That was a part of our liturgy at church on Sunday, right, Tim? And so we need to be praying for these people and as we as we do that, as your anger burns as as you don't fall into the, the 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 fallacies that people tell you that it's wrong for a Christian to be angry it's of course appropriate for you to be angry at injustice and foolishness and deceptive ways, but take that and pray for your enemies and secondly, and this goes again to tucker's uh, to tucker's um point do not let all this stuff just wash over you. You have to gain a voice. You you have to do something. You're either uh, moving in order to find better tactical ground. You're staying. And then you are choosing to be a public voice that will receive all of this outlash. Because if you do not, this is how every conversation goes in Canada from here on in. Do you make a speech like Tucker does, whether it's uh, at the water fountain, whether it's on the basketball court, whether it's in the workplace, and you just say some truth, blah. And if, if you just, if nothing happens where the vast majority of Canadians don't start speaking up, then the news reporters and what they're doing just comes right back at you. They lie about you. They, 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 they exaggerate they don't report your what you actually said and this thing goes bad really 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 quick so um be angry pray for your enemies and then turn that anger into an outspoken voice whenever god gives you the opportunity speak truth and tell people about the lord jesus christ and his kingship over their lives
0: tim what do you got so um I have a mix of thoughts here. One of them um uh kind of comes from a paraphrase of a, a Doug Wilson idea, and that is that Christians sh- should cheer up because stupidity um doesn't have a good lifespan. Okay, it kind of burns itself out. So wh- I I laughed legitimately out loud to myself while I was prepping for this episode, Mike, because when I got to the bottom of the Alex Boyd article that talks about the rise of disinformation there's an editor's correction at the bottom of the uh of the article in the, in one of the most incredible ironies that clearly escapes the paper thin depth of the self-awareness of these reporters is that the article contains a correction that quote mistakenly claimed that Tucker was invited by Smith so, So, yes, they published the correction. But the irony is that article ran with a massive false detail right as a subtitle. They said it was a subtitle that Smith invited Tucker herself. That's incorrect. She was invited to the event, obviously, by local organizers. So the irony is these people have no problem spreading their own misinformation. And, you know, to keep the smallest shred of credibility, journalistic credibility, they have to correct it. But part of what I want to say is if we are consistent and if we we have integrity, that will outlast the dishonesty and stupidity of those who are destroying our country. So number one, just stay steadfast. And it kind of leads me into my more broad point, which is that we just need to be quietly working. We need to be quietly at work. And I don't want to set aside because I want as much an emphasis on being an outspoken voice of truth, that is 100% true. But we cannot only be outspoken for the truth. We need to be quietly working in the background. We need to be training our children and our friends. And Tucker makes this point, talk to people. We need to be training them to think with a correct vision of the world. We need to be spreading this truth. We need to be working on it in our churches. We need to, if you're at work and you have friends that are just really politically or socially or religiously confused, just walk them through some of these exercises that Mike and I do on, right live on this podcast, right? Where we're breaking down the false claims of our enemies. And so be quietly at work. Um, don't give up on the small tasks that are going to produce fruit in the future. I also want to note that the last federal election in Canada was in 2021 and we had a voter turnout of 62%. So four out of 10 Canadians threw their vote away. They didn't show up. And I think that is something Canadians are going to have to overcome, especially conservative ones, because I think the activists are out there casting their vote, um, the activists for evil. But With a 62% um, participation rate in the choosing of our leaders, we need to recognize that when we get politically active, when we get politically vocal, we are going to be accused of being American style. You know, well, you're getting so political. We're not supposed to care that much about politics. Well, this is what we get when we don't care. When we don't show up, when we don't put the thought into it, when we don't really drill down what it means to be a good leader, what it means to be a godly representative of the people or a godly representative in your own sphere of influence on whatever board you serve on, when we don't have that, we get what we get in Canada, a culture of death that is spiraling toward um, just an abysmal standard of living and just a terrible place to live. And that is happening across the West, across the Anglosphere. So I just want to sort of echo Tucker's points that you are going to get called names for being active and doing what you ought to do. And you're just going to have to kind of stand there and take it. Um, because what's more important the future of your family and of the nation that you call home and where your children will grow up and raise their kids or what your next door neighbor who hates you already is going to call you in the local paper so that's a common application that I give you know stand there and take your lumps um, but really i I want to just those that twofold response of loud, outspoken, truthful, bold, and courageous and quietly working doing your duties in the quiet and secret place and that's going to bear fruit as well as we give bold witness so mike i'll let you close out after that
1: yeah and i just i just want to repeat that and again I, some some people probably who listen to us go man you guys go from being escalated and angry to like pastoral is that fake and i i think it's the opposite it's it's you and i being very authentic as we walk through these stories and what i want to, i just want to repeat what i do when you know, for example, when I walk into a gym and there's a cross-dressing man trying to use the same washroom that my daughter is using, I get angry. And we need more anger. We need people to to be aware. You know, when when you walk around and you go, "Oh yeah, no, I I did, I, I don't think that he's a woman either," but I can't say anything. Or when I can't, it, whenever we see this type of stuff, you. We ought to be seeing it, like seeing it for what it is. And, and man, this, this speech from Tucker Carlson really helped me see it again. Like, wow, they're killing voters and importing other voters. That's wow. Um, And it's obvious. So when we really say, okay, take that anger, take, take that frustration and pray and then you know like you know you added the nuance of of quietly being faithful so so be faithful wherever you are whether you speak up tell the truth and at the same time do the quiet things take your lumps and then realize and i've i've said this many many times tim and then realize that the gospel opportunities right will start right then and that is why we can go from being enraged to you know, logging off at the end of the day and going, wow, that was that was really fun, uh, watching all that crazy. Because we know that if ever we were involved, if, if we were invited out to Alberta or whatever, man, the gospel opportunities Tucker couldn't say anything without making reference to God. And no one else can. And so we have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that God created man, that He created us good, that we fell, that we sinned and we do that out of rebellion and our heart is, a, is just full of, of evil and that Christ died for our sins, that we might be reborn through faith and by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit so that we would be new people and we could, we, we could walk through these things with a greater wisdom. That is the gospel. And you will have opportunities to say that if you see what's going on around you, Do something about it and turn your anger into prayer and action. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. And as I normally say and continue to, Godspeed.